This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 17. This is Writing Excuses, Writing the Other, Asexuality. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Tempest. I'm Mary Robinette. And I'm Howard. One of the questions that we had come in this uh, year was about specifically asexual characters and asexual representation. And uh, the person asking the question made the good point that that's not an identity that gets a lot of coverage. And uh, even we on our show, we've tried to do a lot of different topics. This is one we've never hit before. Oh, my. So, uh, Tempest, what? Uh, start us off. Tell us what that identity is and what it's about. Okay, so this is the very short version because once you start actually looking into asexuals and asexual identities, you will discover that there's, like, some sort of deep well from which... These identities have emerged, and so it's, like, very complicated, and there's lots of different names and labels. Um, But that's okay because, hey, everybody loves some names and labels. They help us. So at its base, asexuality is a sexual orientation um, that, that means that you are just not interested in sex. And it's not celibacy. It's not, like, the choice to, like, not have sex. It is that that is your orientation. So think of it in the way that, like, with homosexuals, they enjoy having sex with people who are the same gender as them. Um, Or bisexuals enjoy having sex with people who are the same gender or different genders. Uh, And heterosexuals enjoy having sex with people who are the opposite gender or across from. But asexuals, they don't want to have sex with anyone, and that's okay. Um, But then within the asexual identity, there are lots of sub-identities that basically explain, like, exactly, like, where you fall on this whole, like, I don't want to have sex with people thing. And as I said, like, there are a lot of them. I'm not going to go into all of them. But some of it is, like, there's a name for people who um, they, they don't necessarily want to have sex with people unless they form a very strong connection with like one person. And then they're like, I could enjoy having sex with you. I want to have sex with you because I have made this connection with you. But they, but in general, they don't walk around the world being like, I could have sex with them. Like, no, they're only interested in that one person they've made a connection with. Um, And then there's also under the heading of asexuality, what your romantic status is, because some asexual people also are not romantic. They're not interested in romantic relationships at all, um, and that's called aromantic. Um, But then there are some asexual people who do want to be in romantic relationships that just do not involve sex. So as I said, it's it's pretty complicated. There are a lot of levels, and that's just a really basic explanation. And I, I just want to clarify that when you're when you're talking about writing an, an asexual character, that that the reason that they're asexual is not because of some thing that happened in their backstory. Right. It is their orientation. Right, right. And so, like, again, it's different from celibacy, and celibacy may be that, like, someone did have something happen, and they are, they are not interested in having sex because of something that happened in their background. They're just like, nope, I'm no longer making that a part of my life. But they, that wasn't how they were born. That, that's not the orientation that they are. That's just, like, their reaction to a thing, or in, in the case with some people, a choice. Okay, so we're writing podcast, and for our list, we do this for our listeners out there. If you want to write a character 
with an asexual orientation, we want to give you tools to do that. If you don't, if you have no interest in this topic whatsoever, you have our permission and our blessing to not listen, <laughs> and that's fine, and Go then off. yell at us on Facebook, which is what you always do. Um, <laughs> if you are, are, however, interested, Tempest, what are some things that people can do to uh, write characters who are asexual? The first biggest thing often is just recognizing that asexuality is not celibacy. That is a big mistake a lot of authors make. And, and this, this mistake is made like in a lot of places in media um, where, where the, the two are conflated, but they're two very different things. So that's like the first big thing. And if you start from there, you're already like a good 25% of the way to doing it like super well. Um, another thing is like, obviously with anything, do a lot of research um, about the asexual identity. There is a lot of um, stuff out there about it because of the fact that, um, you know, in the past 10 years, there has just been a lot of discussion of asexuality and a lot of people who are realizing that they, they might be asexual. And so they have forums and they have Tumblr communities and, you know, there are websites that have lots of good information. Um, and so like getting into there and respectfully looking upon some of these things. If they're private spaces, don't go in them. But like, if they're, you know, there are a lot of tumblers actually that, that are public that are for making sure that like people understand like the many, many differences and all the different labels that I was talking about. So do that kind of research. Um, you know, and, and the other big thing is just to think about the fact that with asexuals, they do not have a love hierarchy the way that our mainstream Western culture encourages us to have a love hierarchy. And what I mean by that is like, there's, you know, okay, so the hierarchy of love at the top is like your romantic partner, you know, or your kids. And then under them, it's like maybe other family members, some cousins that you like, maybe. Uh, and then under that is like your friends. And then under them is acquaintances. And, and, and maybe up here, your friends, maybe your dog above them because we all know we like our dogs better than our friends, right? And so, like, this is the way that our culture sort of... Just to be it, clear, this is a hierarchy of love, not attraction. Right. Love. <laughs> like, actual, yes. So with, with apologies to my cousins, you've put them on the wrong side of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> some people, some because some cousins are above the friends, some aren't, they're below the friends, right? But, um, but, but our culture encourages this. It encourages us to, to put love on a hierarchy and be like, these people you love more than these other people. But many asexuals don't, they're not here for the love hierarchy because they're like, but I, they, they don't order their, the people that they love in that way. And, and this is like, if it's romantic love, it's not romantic love. This is familiar love. This is friendship love. They're like, it's all love to us. And so understanding that, understanding what the love hierarchy is and then how to like bust out of it, uh, then that, again, that's like another long way towards going, writing a good asexual character because chances are they're not going to be down with that hierarchy. Cool. Uh, I want to pause right now for our book of the week, which once again is from Tempest. You get yes. to talk this whole episode. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so the book uh, this week I want to suggest is uh, or recommend is Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. And this is a, a YA novel. It's contemporary. Um, and the protagonist is black, biromantic, and asexual. And um, biromantic is similar to bisexual in that 
she wants to have romantic relationships with people as her same gender or people of other genders, but she only wants romance. She doesn't want sex. She's asexual. Um, And so, you know, in in this, she's like, it says like, she's working out what she wants from life. But really it's, it's, it's all about like just her being a fabulous black girl and also being asexual and like getting other people to get on board with her fabulous self. Um, And, and it just deals with a lot, it, it goes through a lot of the things that asexual people, but I think like especially young people go through um, in like figuring out like how to have relationships as an asexual and how to basically inform the people who might be into you what asexuality is and how it works and, and some of the heartbreak that sometimes comes from that. So this is just a, it's just a really good book, a really good story anyway, but it's also a really great asexual representation. And the name of that was Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. Great. So I have a, a follow-up question. I, I think that most of our listeners are probably going to be approaching this as writing a secondary character. Mm-hmm. That most of them are not going to be writing a primary character um, who is ace. So one of the I, I recently wrote an ace character into the Lady Astronaut. It's in, in, uh, in the, the second book, Faded Sky. I have a, an ace character. And the challenge that I had was figuring out how to have the character in such a way that um, she was recognizable by readers so that they would recognize themselves in her, mm-hmm. but not have it be a plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I guess I'm wondering is, like, what when, when I'm thinking about that, um, are there are there tools that you can can suggest to you know when you're you're thinking ah I think that person is ace which is a tricky thing because everybody expresses differently mm-hmm. but what are the what are some of the things that like ah this this is a thing that if you want to nail it and help help people recognize themselves this is something you can include with your secondary character yeah it's sometimes hard because. It, especially if the book is not necessarily about that character having a relationship, mm-hmm. then then like saying, by the way, everybody, I'm asexual. Okay, let's go like kill that dragon. Like that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. not a thing right. necessarily that, that you can do um, that works. But the way that I have seen it done in a couple of books is that the characters have a conversation about it, not necessarily because they sit down and go, okay, tell me about your sexuality. Tell me about your sexuality. But like, it'll come up in some way or it'll it'll be like a moment where they're just like, you know, okay, but like maybe you could go do that thing. Like perhaps go seduce that man. And the person like, I don't know how to do that because I don't do that. And they'll be like, you don't do that. And then like, then it becomes a conversation about, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't know this about you. Like, and, and you know, when it comes up, if it comes up, sometimes it can come up and the, the other characters are like, what? And then, or it comes up and the other characters say, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know. Okay, we're going to have to come up with a different plan. You can't seduce that person. All right, like plan B. Um, and, but yeah, like at this point, because asexual representation is not as large as the representation of other people on the LGBTQ spectrum, um, sometimes it means that like characters need to just like actually just have a conversation about it or say it. But the the trick is finding a good place to put that without being like, as you know, Bob, as an asexual, I feel, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't that the way all conversations start? <laughs> I mean, though? Like, I'm doing that all the time. Like, as you know, as a lady. I'm going through my manuscript right now and <laughs> removing all references to as you know, Bob. <laughs> 
Right. Um, I will. I will freely admit to a massive level of ignorance on on this matter. Uh, not for want of, you know, not because I haven't been trying to learn, but uh, I haven't spent enough time at it. I I, I haven't learned enough. Um, I feel like the thing that I've come away with from the writing the other uh, episodes that we've done in general uh, is the guiding principle of do no harm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that I should watch out for or that our listeners should watch out for when uh, writing uh, asexual ace characters as the shorthand goes? What are the things they should watch out for so that they're not damaging that community, members of that community? Um, the, the stereotypes definitely, and some of the biggest stereotypes that I have encountered about asexuals is you'll see, you know, if they're included in the book, then somehow during the course of the book, they magically become not asexual because they met the right person, which is just <laughs> as bad as like, for instance, you have a character who's a lesbian and then she meets some dude who's just so great. And then by the end of the book, she's no longer a lesbian. And it's like, wait a minute, no, that's not okay. Um, and, and so, yeah, like doing that, having, or, or as uh, Mary Robinette mentioned earlier, having a character who's asexual because something bad happened to them. Um, for instance, like they say, you know, I was, I was molested as a child, so that's where, therefore I don't like sex. Like that's, first of all, that's not how that works. And also that's a very damaging stereotype. Um, and basically also only showing asexuals as like, individual persons in a sea of like, there are no asexuals anywhere ever. And that's also just a thing that I, I'm always telling people like folks don't exist in a vacuum. Like, you know, they have a community and there is an asexual community and often people will seek it out. And so showing asexuals as being people in a community um, and, and as having some support, that's usually good. Um, The other thing that is a question I often get is like, how do you talk about asexuals when you're like writing something where like that word wouldn't be used? Cause that's actually a fairly recent word in the lexicon. Um, and in that case, again, more sort of talking and having them sort of explain, this is how I am. This is how I feel. I don't want this. I don't want that. Um, and, and in doing that, making sure that again, you don't fall into those particular stereotypes. Cool. And that is all the time that we have. Thank you very much, Tempest, for being on the show to talk about this. Um, we are going to try to put, uh, I mean, you mentioned some, you know, looking at Instagram and some things like that. Yes. Uh, do you have any specific resources that we could put into the liner notes? I do. Um, we actually, at Writing the Other, we have a masterclass on how to write asexuals. Uh, and it is taught by Lauren Jankowski, who is an amazing writer who is also ace. And she does a lot of... Um, you know, talks about asexual representation and uh, you can take the masterclass. If you go to writingtheother.com is listed with our masterclasses. And with that class, you also get like a ton of resources that Lauren herself has collected. And another great resource is another one that Lauren runs. It's called Asexual Artists. And essentially it's just like conversations with people who are artists who also happen to be asexual talking about their art and then talking about how their asexual identity, you know, informs their art if it does. And so those are like some really great places to start if you are interested in trying to get that representation right. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. And now, once again, we're handing it back to you for our homework. 
the, the homework is to go to the master class. Um, <laughs> oops. Um, no, the homework actually is to, um, to take two characters from your current work in progress who are either in a romantic relationship or like stepping toward a romantic relationship, but to write um, a meet cute, uh, a scene where, where they're meeting and that spark is happening for the first time. But instead of them having whatever sexuality they already have, whether it's heterosexual, bisexual, homosexual, whatever it is, um, have them be asexual, but, you, but, but romantic. So now it's like, how does that spark happen? How does one of them perceive of the other as a potential partner, but without them wanting to have sex with that person? All right. There you go. You are out of excuses. Now go write. This episode of Writing Excuses was recorded in front of a live audience by Bert Grimm and mastered by Alex Jackson. Your hosts were Dan Wells, Kay Tempest Bradford, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 